Bring it to me here. Bring it to me. We'll get these tires off. Sorry. I can't see. I'm so happy I don't even know. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first episode, 500 Mile Podcasts. My name is Justin, and I'm kind of joining the bandwagon. Everybody making podcasts, figured I'd join them. Um, basically, I've been wanting to do this for a while, but I haven't really gotten the confidence to do so yet. I wanted to do it at the beginning of the season, but um, basically, it's a podcast talking about NASCAR. Sometimes IndyCar. That's not really my forte. I've um, been watching NASCAR for full-time. And I say full-time, I mean really interested in depth of what everything's going on. Probably since 2011. been really watching it all my life. So, um, for I would say 15 years of my life. I'm 20 now. So, I've been somewhat invested ever since 2011, though. I've been uh, full-time. So... Um, yeah, we'll just kind of talk about NASCAR. I'm sure some of my opinions will not come off to everyone, um, the same as others, but, uh, right off the bat, I'll tell you I'm a Kyle Busch fan, so if you don't want to hear that from a, hear anything from a Kyle Busch fan, you can, uh, tune out now, but I'm not going to heavily, um, I'm going to try and stay away from bias, but, and that'll probably become apparent, um, with today's episode, but Watkins Glen. Cup Series race just finished up, and uh, what domination by a guy that I really didn't think would become a road course ringer. Um, I say road course ringer. I don't really remember if he was too up front at Sonoma, but 81 laps led of 90 today at Watkins Glen. That's uh, He started on pole. Of course, we're talking about Chase Elliott. Started on pole at 81 laps, only didn't lead nine. His number, uh, funny enough. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. led one. He came home in second. Uh, Denny Hamlin third. Um, one of the better road course racers, Denny Hamlin. And I, I, <laughs> Denny Hamlin has just uh, really reemerged from irrelevancy. Past couple of years, he just has not been what I I would say since his 2010 run. And I don't really remember too much of that run. I just remember how good he was. In the playoffs and then almost won the championship but of course Jimmy got his fifth um ever since that Denny just kind of been irrelevant I know he's been he made it to the final four in 2014 but he just he, he never really seemed to bounce back um this year you know it's been a while since he's had I would say a multi-win season in a, a wide variety of tracks of course he won the Daytona 500 this year um one at Texas, and then we didn't hear from him for a while. Then he almost won New Hampshire. Um, what a good race that was as well. Um, New Hampshire, I New Hampshire is not one of my favorite tracks, by the way. I I was really glad when we got it off the schedule for the second time. Um, but now this new package, which we'll get into a lot here, um, kind of wishing it came back. But um, we'll digress from that. Uh, Eric Jones comes home fourth. A lot of controversy around him, I guess, from the NBC guys. Um, he's been really hot uh, these past couple weeks. Um, I think third, 
third second i think i heard on the broadcast and of course he comes up with another top five today so um i don't think that if christopher bell comes up that's the ride he'll be taking but you know what do i know i think obviously um you know joe give or toyota really has a lot of drivers that they have too many drivers and not enough seats obviously everybody knows that um, they already lost one in Noah Gregson, which I don't think was a huge loss. Um, seeing how he's running with um, Junior Motorsports, and that's not a knock to him at all. But um, I don't feel like he was one of the top guys. Really, these past couple guys that they've gotten have just not performed, I'm sure, to how they're wanting, to how Kyle's wanting in their um, truck trucks, um, you know. Harrison Burton, Todd Gillen, Todd Gillen, I, um, I, I just don't know about him. Harrison Burton shows a little bit more poten- potential, I feel. Um, but really, I would say ever since Christopher Bell, they just really have not found a lot of good drivers. And that might change here in a little bit. Um, Haley Deegan, I'm sure, is going to be coming up fairly soon. Obviously, you don't want to rush these guys. Um, and... Uh, looking at the standings now, by the way, apparently it was 80 laps led for Chase Elliott. Excuse me. They updated it. Um, looking at the uh, results here. Um, but yeah, that's the one thing I don't think you want to do is move these guys up too quickly. And I don't think they, they've done that with the past couple guys. Obviously Daniel Suarez was moved up way too quickly, but you really didn't have a choice with Carl Edwards just up and outing himself. Um, which was pretty disappointing but obviously he was just kind of I would say the same with Joey Logano just kind of shoved into that role I don't think we'll see the same sort of results from Daniel Suarez as we saw with Joey Logano obviously Joey was in a whole nother league um with the uh, whole sliced bread movement um not to say that Daniel Suarez isn't good um you know he won a championship that was not I I won't say that was by luck um you know he got that win at Michigan um, and then just, from what I remember, just absolutely dominated that Homestead race. It was his to lose. Obviously, that race, that late race um, restart with the, uh, I think it was the 14 of Colwitt staying out, kind of shuffled things around. Um, but I, I still don't feel like that was a uh, fluke thing. There's, You know, with this playoff standings, there's a few things that feel like a fluke. Um Martin Truex winning was not a fluke, obviously. That was, in 2017, that was a huge year for him. Um, And last year, I feel like, in the championship, was a bit of a fluke. Um, With Joey winning, I I don't know how you go from, you know, the big three to uh, little fourth man winning at all. That was obviously, I said it, I I thought that was going to be, if Kevin Harvick did not win that, that was going to be a huge loss for them with how dominant they were, even with Kyle Busch. But I still didn't feel like, you know, that season was as heavily dominated as it was um, by Kevin Harvick. That was his championship to lose. And obviously he lost it to Joey Logano, but we all knew, at least I feel like we all knew that a championship was coming. So, um, you know, some may not like Joey Logano. I'm not a huge Joey Logano fan, but y- you had to know that that was coming at some point. Um, you know, once he jumped ship from, I say jump ship, he really got released. But once he got out of the uh, JGR, 
stable. He just kind of blossomed into what we have now. So, um, and anyway, I, I, that's kind of going to be the point of this podcast, just kind of going everywhere. Um, and it's going to be hard to keep up, I'm sure. But uh, we'll keep going down the list here. Ryan Blaney in fifth. Uh, good road course finish for him. Of course, he won the uh, Roval last year at Charlotte. That's coming up in a little bit. And uh, Matt DiBenedetto coming home with the top ten. That team, I tell you, somewhat of a surprise. But that driver, you know, a lot of my friends really like him. And I don't know how you can. He's one of the most likable guys in the garage. Um, Matt DiBurrito, his nickname, uh, just has a lot of fun. And, you know, now that he finally is back in JGR equipment, remember he ran a few Xfinity races for him back in the Nationwide days. Um, And I think he was part of their developmental program. I don't remember, I don't know exactly um, where the disconnect was, but... um, Anyways, he's back with them, and of course, you know, with Toyota and JGR being so strong, really, ever since 2015, and uh, quite the resurgence for them, by the way. Um, personally, I'm not a huge Toyota fan, even though I'm a Kyle Busch fan. I'm more with the Chevy because of the Jeff Gordon days, but I'm not going to get too much into that. But ever since 2015, Toyota has just been arguably the most dominant manufacturer in the sport and of course there's a lot of controversy over that but um i you know i think that was just a product of hard work because you remember when they came into the series they were just not good at all their first year of course they started in the trucks i think 2004 um and you know they they kind of worked their way up Finally came into the sport in 20, 2007 with Red Bull and Martin or Michael Walsh Bracing. I think those were the only two. And then, of course, they got Joe Gibbs in 2008. And, uh, you know, the story goes from there. Um, but, I, you know, Ford had a really good resurgence last year. Obviously won the championship. And uh, I'm sure not the driver they thought they'd win the championship with. But, um Chevy kind of playing catch up and has been doing so pretty well so far. And, uh, you know, obviously the win today helps that resurgence, but, um, I still don't feel like they're exactly where they want to be. Um, they still have some work to do. Um, you know, this is only Chase Elliott's second win. Obviously they've gotten a few other wins this season, but, um, still some catch up work to do there Uh, Kevin Harvick seventh and it's uh really been quite the uh head scratcher this season obviously you know it's a whole different package again we'll get way into that I have so many thoughts on this new package that uh some may agree with some most probably won't or probably will um but uh you know they went from dominating last season Stuart Haas racing as a whole they went dominating last season and uh you know now they only have one win and obviously you know with the new um body have some learning to do um and you know i i don't know if that's really played into their struggles as much as maybe this new package has um you know obviously it's been a learning curve for everybody this new package but um i you know i don't I, I don't know, I don't think I can pinpoint what the issue has been 
Pursuit Haas Racing, if I'd have to guess, it's one of those two. And obviously they won at New Hampshire, but um, this season has just not been what they've wanted it to be. Only one win win last year at this point. I think they had like 15. Um, that might be... Actually, you know what? That might be a bit of a stretch. At least 12, I think. Um, no, 10, I think. I don't know. It was it was a lot, and I think I over-exaggerated that point quite a bit, but you, you get my point how they've dropped off so much. So uh, And that can really go from the next driver here in eighth, Kyle Larson. Um, you know, I, I don't know about Kyle Larson. He had such a good year in 2017. Um, not so much in 2018, but 2017 was really his breakout year. It's just kind of been hit or miss for him. And, you know, as much as I I like him, I, I saw this tweet on Twitter um, where someone said that, you know, he may not have been the superstar we thought he would have been. And I somewhat agree with that. And again, I'm not saying that he's a bad driver. I'm just saying that I don't know if, you know, he's really, obviously he's a, a superstar on the dirt side. There's no question about that. But, you know, obviously we have the patent Kyle Larson highlight. He, he can get around in a, a stock car. He just, he needs to learn how to put it all together, I guess. And I mean, he already, he has, you know, a good amount of wins. He's shown potential. He, uh, it's just kind of a head scratcher as well. And we know it's not Ganassi because Kurt Busch, one of my other favorite drivers, but again, I'm going to, I'm going to try not show bias, but, um, it, it's just kind of a head scratcher because he's shown speed all season long. Kurt has, um, and Kyle Larson has shown a few glimpses of success. Um, obviously almost won at Chicagoland, but other than that, there just hasn't been a whole lot of, you know, showing from Larson. Um, so still waiting, I guess, for a real championship run. I would say that 2017 was as closest to that. And uh, I don't remember where he got knocked out. It was, I think it was the round of 12. Um, obviously got in last year as well, but it uh, just kind of been a head scratcher. Uh, Brad Kozlowski comes home ninth today. Um, I don't know what else you can say about Brad, but uh, champion and, um, you know, shows glimpses of greatness as well. Last year won three in a row, so I'm sure he can find a hot stretch as well. And Kurt Busch comes home 10th. Quiet day for him. Uh, Was out of breath at one point, they showed in the broadcast. So, kind of shows what this new package can do to these uh, drivers. But, um, I'm not going to go too much farther down this list. But the one guy I think we have to talk about is the guy who came home 11th, Kyle Busch. Not because he's my favorite, but because of the uh, controversy, I guess, if you will. He, He didn't make a lot of friends today. And, um, both with William Byron, and that was, uh, I don't know if in the S's after the stage it ended, if Kyle slammed on the brakes or if William just went up there to hit him, or if it was a combination of the both. Um, but, you know, Byron knocked his nose off, uh, the first stage with some help from Chad Knauss. I don't know if anybody saw that, but Chad, you never really see Chad get, you see him get, or you hear him get animated on the radio, but you don't ever really see him get, um, that level of angry on the radio. So that was, um, kind of a surprise. Um, basically told him if he doesn't do anything with Kylie, there's going to be a problem. So that kind of gave me 
some David Rudiman flashbacks back in 2010 at Chicagoland. Um, pretty sure it was Chicagoland. It was either that or um, Kansas. I don't remember, but um, and then with Bubba Wallace on the front straightaway, um, the whole crowd liked that. I didn't. Um, but again, I didn't see what happened in the carousel. I don't know if um, NBC showed a replay and I just missed it or not. Apparently, that's where the contact stemmed. I think I could be wrong, but either way, they had a pissing match down the front straightaway, and uh, you could say Kyle or Kyle was the loser in that. But I mean, he didn't wreck the car. The only damage he got from that was um, Bubba, who um, you know really hit him. Bubba came home in the 28th position, so you can see who the big loser in that was. Not that um, Kyle had really anything to lose, anyways, but. I'm going to digress before I make too many of you upset because I know there's a lot of Bubba fans out there and not a whole lot of Kyle fans, but um, either way, Kyle had a lot of work to do, came back and finished 11th. That is um, probably quite the miracle considering everything that went wrong for that 18 team today. Um, listening on the radio, had, had a radio issue at one point where... He got called down to pit a lap too late. Uh, I guess he didn't hear it and uh, thought that there was a radio issue with their channel 2 or something. A lot of weird things with that. But I uh, came home, finished 11th, and uh, overall quite the recovery from the driver in the 18. Trying to see where Joey Logano came home 23rd, and the reason I mention him is because that is the battle for the regular season championship. Um, I will look at the points now, but um, it was really a battle between him and Kyle. I don't remember who was in third. We'll take a look. Kevin Harvick is in third. 85 points back, so for the regular season standings, Joey Logano is still your leader. Kyle Busch, six points back. I don't know the difference... Um, between the two um, coming into today. But um, either way, a really close battle at the top. And um, third on back is kind of a race for yourself, I guess. Um, obviously, none of this is going to matter. Well, it, it's not going to matter to a fault. Obviously, you get the 15 bonus points going into the chase. But, um, you know, you still want to come out on top. So... Um, that's still a race going on, so that was for the cup race. Going into Xfinity, this weekend at, you know, this whole week, I guess you could say, because they had Eldora on Thursday, which I'll get into in a little bit, and I didn't really catch a whole lot of Eldora, I was working on some other things, um, but I saw the last stage, and, uh, that was quite the race, but before we get into that, we'll go into Xfinity, because, because that was quite the race as well. Obviously, the battle between um, uh, AJ Allmendinger and Austin Sindrick, that was a really good one. Um, obviously, Sindrick got the better of that because he came in and got fresher tires. Um, I didn't hear the call, but um, I don't know how you stay out in that situation. But Sindrick gets the win. AJ Allmendinger comes home in 37th because for the second time for that car, it was, or it was entered at Daytona. And once again, this week at Watkins Glen, two times in a row, um, that car has been DQ'd. I don't remember the exact reason why, but that kind of doesn't leave a good impression. Um, 
for Collie Racing, I'd have to assume, you know, you've entered this car twice and it's failed twice. Something uh, is quite the miss with that. And I was, voice kind of went away because I was checking what was on the TV. IMS is on right now. Um, but, you know, I don't know if they're trying to get away with something and it's just not working because, like it or not, by the way, everybody either cheats in that garage area or tries to get away with something. If, if you don't, then you're never going to come close to winning. That's just the way it is. And, you know, you can argue that if you want, but there is no point in arguing that. That's the truth. Um, I, I, I don't know, but that's something they obviously have to look at. Christopher Bell comes home in second now. Was going to finish third. Um, the big three had... Interesting day. Tyler Reddick, by the way, had a lot of issues. He came home in fifth um, from the bit. And I say bit. I probably watched half the race, but just intermittently. Um, Tyler Reddick had a lot of issues. Missed the bus stop on the first or second lap. Had to come to a complete stop. He lost a ton of track position. Um, but obviously, it was a long race, so you can easily come back from that. Um, and obviously, he did. But he had another issue. I, don't, I think it was contact or something. Um, but he comes home in fifth. And then Cole Custer comes home in seventh. Cole Custer, by the way, in a backup car. So a good result for Cole, I guess. Um, the big three, kind of a quiet but strong day. And obviously Austin Sindrick and I will be the first to admit, I'm not a huge Austin Sindrick fan um, because of the issue at Canadian Tire. But, um, you know, I digress. Uh, you know, good for him. Um, obviously I won't call him a road course ringer, but I'm sure he spent a lot of time on the road courses. Um, obviously, uh, did some, um, rally cross, I think is what he did and <laughs> had a bit of an issue there as well. And uh, that kind of obviously put a sour note into some other people as well. But anyways, besides all of that, he comes home with the win. All guy finishes third. He and Ross Chastain. Had some issues there. Um, Ch Chastain got into Allgaier. And then Allgaier obviously sent him into the tires. And because of Allgaier, um, Chastain's recent successes, there's a whole lot of people on that bandwagon. I mean, I'm somewhat on it too. But I saw a comment um, by Casey Kane on Instagram from either Fox or NBC's um, post about it. Um about, you know, which team are you on, and Casey basically said, that's how you do it, I mean, one guy turns you around, you turn him around, and obviously it didn't really hurt Allgaier in the end, he comes home in third, but he still got turned around, and someone else said that, you know, different place on the track results in different results, I agree with that, but I also agree with, if you're going to turn a guy around, it obviously was a really awkward point in the track where Chastain got him, and exiting of the bus stop that to begin with the bus stop is a place where you really can't get side by side without something like that happening and um you know obviously what happened happened all guy got put into the wall and obviously it wasn't a huge amount of damage i was kind of surprised by the way that it wasn't a huge amount of damage um but obviously he got all or chastain later and everybody keeps making these comments about all guy you know out of relevancy and oh man what a baby move it's i mean what do you expect he gets turned around he's not happy would you be happy if you get turned around there and i mean 
again, you can keep making that point that it's an awkward spot on the track to be racing like that to begin with. But, you know, I agree with Casey. That's how you do it. So, um, a lot of people are not going to be happy with that take either. But, you know, I don't see any way else you do it. What, you just let them go and, oh man, it's it's okay, you know? You got to make a point somehow. And, um, to be fair, that probably wasn't the point of the track to do it. But it was the closest he probably got in those few laps. So, he did it. And... Of course, Allgaier comes home with a third-place finish. Uh, Chastain comes home with a 33rd-place finish. Obviously knocked the nose off, and that car wasn't going anywhere. So, um, huge difference there. Um, I guess the good news for Chastain is he's not running for Xfinity Series points anymore. He's running for um, truck, and there's probably a pretty good chance that he's going to make it to that truck champion, or the uh, truck playoffs with just how much he's busted those doors open um you know it's it's gonna be quite interesting to see we could have our second underdog champion um back-to-back years obviously with um the 16 of brett moffat getting it done last year and what a what a run that was um you know beginning this season not even knowing if they're gonna make it past atlanta with the sponsorship to winning the championship, it's uh, that was pretty incredible. But and you know it could be the same story with Chastain. Obviously, we know he was supposed to run a full season with Ganassi this year in Xfinity, and DC Solar had their uh, quote-unquote issues, if you will. Um, not gonna get into that. That's politicky, if you will. But um, you know had their issues, and he basically got dumped out of a ride. So. Good to see he's coming back into form, I guess, just in a lower series. And uh, Kyle Busch, you know, one of the fastest cars, started on the pole and uh, made the pass on Ryan Blaney. And then I believe it was a tie rod that broke. Um, and that car just wasn't going to turn, took him out of the race, and uh, that opened the doors for everybody. So, um, you know, uh that, that's one of the also one of the um, talking points that has been there for years. I would say ever since 2015, people have made more of an issue about it, um, about cup drivers running in Xfinity and all that. I mean, man, they've been doing that since the start of the series. And I mean, back when I was also... I guess I'll say heavily into it. The, the stuff that I remember back from like 2008, 2009, 2010, you know, that, that was fun to watch. And I don't think a whole lot of people complained. And it's probably because Kyle was, I guess you could say just coming into the cup series. I mean, he, I believe he started in 2004, um, in cup and, um, for, those past few years, I think Carl Edwards won the championship in 2007. He was racing cup. 2008, Clint Boyer won the championship. And these are all nationwide championships, by the way. He was racing cup. Kyle Busch won the championship in 2009. He was racing for cup. And 2010, Brad Keselowski won the championship. But to be fair, I don't think, and I think I'm wrong because I think I saw this somewhere else. I don't think he was running a full season. But I think I saw somewhere where I was wrong. Um, 
But either way, that was four years in a row you had a cup driver winning the championship. And I don't remember, and it's probably because I wasn't heavily involved on Twitter, but I, I don't think people were complaining as much as they were now um, about cup drivers racing in Xfinity. And if you ask some of those Xfinity drivers, they love it. It's basically a measuring stick for them for these cup drivers running in Xfinity. And, you know, it can get boring at times because they can just run away with the field. Obviously, we've seen Kyle do it. Um, you know, you've seen Joey do it. You've seen Brad do it. But, you know, for these guys to be able to come up and do good, I think that we need it. I think that we need these cup drivers to be down there. And obviously, they've limited it, which is okay. And I don't really like the comment that Kyle made a few years ago where he said if they take everything away, um, you know, he's going to tr- shut his truck team down. That That's not the attitude you need to have. You know, I understand. And if anybody doesn't know, apparently Kyle, and this is what he says, I somewhat believe it. He runs the truck series to test out the new chassis that he gets, um, basically to test it out, you know, put it through all its paces. Um, Xfinity, I think it's probably more for sponsorship reasons. And you got to remember, too, that um, a lot of the sponsors, I'm pretty sure I read this somewhere, that they they want to they want the cup drivers to be in there to, to have you know show off their sponsors so take that away that could be another issue take sponsors away from some of those young guys you know and obviously we know in today's market that money is everything so um i don't think you complete you can completely take these guys out of that series and have it succeed and i mean really that, that's the one... Th- I'm going to come back to the point I just made. You need those cup drivers in there to get these Xfinity guys ready for cup because we've seen it time and time again. Eric Jones, I think, was one. Obviously, Daniel Suarez was one. Um, and I'm trying to think of someone else. I guess you can group Danica Patrick into that group as well. That these guys, they come up so quick and they're, they're just not ready. It takes them a year or two. And I... I I don't know if you can really group William Byron into that as well. This is only a sophomore season. And I mean, 2018 wasn't a horrible year for that team. But, um, it, you know, he, and to be fair, William had, should have won that truck championship in 2016, won the Xfinity championship in 2017, both rookie years, by the way. Um, I think he probably could have stayed a year longer. But at the same time, you had Casey Kane departing. You had to fill a seat. And that's really the reason why these guys get moved up so quickly. Happened, and I I said this before, happened with Joey. Happened with Suarez. And I guess you could say it. Well, no, I was going to say it it happened with Eric Jones. But to be fair, Eric was at um, uh, uh, Furniture Row. And um, we all know the story with that. But um, I think you need these cup drivers in there to get these guys ready. Because if you don't, you're just going to have a lot of these guys who come up and they're going to be so underprepared. And maybe you can say, actually, that Dan- you can group Daniel Hemrick into that. And I like Hemrick, by the way. But I don't think he hadn't won an Xfinity Series race, let alone a championship. And he's already moved up. And... You know, again, they had a seat to fill with Ryan either leaving or getting fired. There was some 
that that team was just not good and i mean like not in a good place at phoenix and um and i'm ta- i don't know they showed it on radioactive they played it where ryan newman luke lambert those were just absolutely headbutt moments and you know i think it was only a year prior to that that they had won the race at phoenix in 2017 and that was you can call it a fluke but at the same time they called that strategy perfect and larson had his issues and whatnot but um that that's one of the problems with the xfinity series i guess today is that you know this is supposed to be a developmental series and a lot of these guys spend one two years down there and then they're thrust into the cup series and they're they're just really not ready and i really like the approach that um uh stuart haas is taking with cole custer and obviously they're doing that because there's really not a seat open but they're doing it right where cole has been slowly working his way up slowly showing promise last year got the win to texas and this year he has just exploded with i think it's five wins and now he's showing that he he's definitely a championship favorite by the way i think definitely a lock for the final four unless something happens um which is knock on wood but um we'll get into that later again um and obviously you need to take that approach because if you don't you're not going to have the results that guy's going to get let go and then you're just gonna you know wonder what happened and i i think i firmly believe if daniel suarez takes another year or two in xfinity he could have maybe won another championship he could have maybe won you know he he could have won more races he could have been a better suit for um joe gibbs racing but of course they had a spot to fill with carl edwards and that that's that's really unfortunate and that's really how it's been these past couple times we've seen new guys come up it's just you gotta fill a seat so you, you tap the next guy on the shoulder and he goes up so it's it's a shame that it has to happen like that but at the same time and I almost forgot the point I was making. That That's why you need those cup drivers down there, is to get those guys ready. The fans aren't going to like it, but in the end, it's going to make the series that you want to watch most enjoyable. The cup series is going to have... You're going to have a, guys, a lot more guys in there that know what they're doing, that can handle what they're doing. And I'm not saying the guys in there can't do it now, but they would have a lot more experience under their belt and probably be a lot more ready than they are now um, going up than what they are now so that that's my take on that um take that as you will um anyways (laughs) where were i mean there wasn't much more to say about that Watkins Glen race for the xfinity series obviously cup series can't total domination by chase um and yeah i guess now we'll move on to the truck series at Eldora, one of my favorite weekends of the year yet i was too busy doing something i don't i think it was with my computer to watch it so you know boo me um but Stuart friesen has been knocking on the door these past few races 
finally gets it done at Eldora, back to his roots, I believe, a uh, dirt racer, and got it done. Sheldon Creed comes home second, the ARCA champion from last year, Grant Infinger, who has been uh, pretty good, you know. Um, I think he's won a race last year. I think he won one this year. To be fair, unfortunately, the trucks is the series that I have been paying the least amount of attention to, but that'll change um, with me having to talk about it now. Um, but, um, yeah, so we move on down to the fourth place position, a, a guy that I've, I've literally never heard of, Mike Mar Millar, I guess, in the 33, comes home with the top five. That 33 truck, by the way, a bit of controversy. They had a Marathon sponsor, Marathon Gas Station, had to take that off um, per NASCAR, assuming because of the Snoko deal. Which is um, a little, um, you know, not cool, but um, had to happen, I guess. I don't know. Um, that that type of thing is just what's gonna tank these little um, teams, especially in trucks, because that's where you see it the most. These little cheat teams just trying to make it by. Um, so that that's kind of a bad deal for them. But Todd Gillen. I uh, ragged on him a little bit earlier. Comes home with the top five. Um, I don't know if you want to say slowly showing potential, but Kyle already called them out. Harrison and Todd. Todd, I just feel, shows a lot little potential. And uh, I, I, I'm not going to take a dig at his dad. But um, anyways, uh, Christian Eckes comes home in sixth. Chase Briscoe, seventh last year's winner. Um, unfortunately, he... Had gotten caught up with um, the deal with Johnny Sauter and all them on the back straight away. That was a really weird deal, by the way, where they just had like three wrecks <laughs> all at once. But uh, anyways, he comes home in seventh. Tyler Dipple in eighth. Tyler Angram in ninth. Matt Crafton in tenth. Matt, man, I, I just don't know. To be fair, I didn't think he was all that great, even with his back-to-back -back championships. The one memory I have of Matt Crafton was 2008 at Charlotte. He got the victory. And I don't remember why I remember that race. Back me, little, um, I guess nine-year-old, sitting in my room, just watching it. Um, but, you know, he got his last win, I think, was 2017 at Eldora. And, um... He's just kind of falling off a cliff, just like another uh, multi-time champion. Um, not going to name names, but uh, he, um, again, I never thought too much of Matt anyways, um, but he uh, he's not doing so hot, so he's still trying to, you know, pick up the pieces and get a victory somewhere, but um, a few other notables in the race, Ross Chastain in 12th. Um, we'll take a look at points here in a minute. Um, ben Rhodes in 14th. Ben Rhodes with the Halvaline sponsor. That was a really good-looking truck. Probably not as good to some as the old Halvaline cars were, but the red numbers, black base, pretty sure it was matte, matte black too, and that red Halvaline sponsor. Hands down, probably the best truck out there, even with... Um, uh, Ross Chastain's throwback scheme. Um, 
I think that 99 won hands down. Plus it was black, so it it um, hid the dirt pretty well, right? Um, John Misader in 21st, and Brett Moffat actually came home in 29th. Didn't hear a whole lot about Brett, surprisingly. And Harrison Burton in 31st. So, um, we'll go to the points and uh, kind of see where they all stack up there. But i um, curious to see where Ross exactly is. Um, and I don't know if we can because <laughs> I don't know if NASCAR will uh, take us there. But anyways, um, let, let's kind of move in to... Um, our championship favorites here and I guess really for cup because um, again I'm not paying a whole lot of attention to the other two series but for cup um, kind of look at the standings there as well but um, I don't think I think uh, the top two at the moment of course are Kyle Busch and Martin Truex uh, I, I will say I'm not a huge fan of Martin I'll say that right off the bat too um, it's the whole fact that I don't really like the way Martin, and I, he might have gotten better about it. I haven't really been listening to his radio. Um, but Martin just seems to like to complain a whole lot about people racing him. And that kind of left a sour taste in my mouth about him. He might have been getting better, but, um, championship favorites, um, currently, with how they are right now, should the playoffs start right now, um, Kyle Busch is on top with eight stage wins as well, I might add. Four wins. Joey Logano, your defending series champion in second, uh, two wins and seven stage wins. And Martin Trix Jr. And third, four wins as well. I don't know how that happens. Oh, the stage wins probably helps. <laughs> um uh with uh two stage wins Martin has. Um sorry I got caught up in the different stats, but and Denny Hamlin in fourth, three wins and three stage wins. I think arguably the top three right now, Kyle, Joey, and Martin, are my three favorites. Um Kyle and Martin just down to wins. Joey's been showing a good bit of consistency. This may have been an outlier this week um, with him finishing 23rd at Watkins Glen. But um, I'm trying to look down this list, and I really don't know. I guess Denny could be my fourth favorite, and that's just not based on where his standings are. I mean, it really comes down to everybody else who is, you know, here. Um, Kurt could be... Another one, if he gets a, uh, you know, a, a head of steam going into these playoffs, because he's just been showing a lot of momentum. Uh, came home eleventh today, I believe. I I said it earlier. I don't remember, but um, uh, you know, Denny, like I said, he's kind of reemerged from irrelevancy, and uh, three wins now. I mean, he he's definitely been showing he's on a streak. But we've seen just how quickly those streaks can end. Um, you know, obviously we saw it with Brad where he went into the, mo into the uh, chase last year. Playoffs, I guess. With so much momentum. And then 
um, won the first race, I believe, and then just kind of slowly faded off. So, you know, Denny has been showing a lot of consistency, second, first, third, um, so far these past three races. Um, you know, at the moment, the top four at, you know, at the top are my favorites, and that's just purely based on performance at the moment, um. Uh, you might even be able to swap Joey for me out with Kurt, and that's not playing favorites. That's just flat out down to momentum, and you know Joey may have more wins, but um, I still like the momentum that Kurt has at the moment. Then, of course, you have a few outliers on this grid with Kevin, Chase, and Alex. Alex, um, he was showing a whole bunch of momentum. Uh, earlier and he's slowly been fading off but I still feel like he has some more to show and I thought Alex for the longest time was gonna just bust onto the scene obviously didn't do it 2018 was a little bit of a uh, struggle and a tw obviously in 2016 he almost got that um, win at Phoenix um, got the win in 2017 Charlotte Xfinity um, and finally got the win in Chicagoland. I still feel like Alex has a lot more show. Unfortunately, he's going to lose a big-name sponsor, so we'll have to see what happens with that team. But um, I, I feel like that's definitely going to hurt a lot with Alex. I don't know if Exalta is going to step up their game on that ADA car or if they're just going to flat-out find another sponsor. I'd, I would assume that they're going to have some. they're going to have to have some sort of other sponsor. With that car, with Exalta sponsoring, um, yeah, two cars at this point, um, and, and that's only on a partial basis too. And obviously, they're more—I don't know the exact numbers, but it looks like they're um, more sponsoring the 24, which is, to be fair, um, you know, you know, it makes sense. But I, I, I just don't know who they're gonna find for Alex and. Um, you know, it's a shame because I thought that was going to, that was a perfect fit for Alex with nationwide. And I thought, you know, now that they finally had a win, they were going to have some momentum rolling. Those floodgates were going to open just like with chase. I last year, I, you know, I did not expect chase to get that win at Watkins Glen to, to be his first. And then just the floodgates opened, man, got that win at Kansas, got that win at Dover. Didn't expect that. And then got the win, obviously, at um, Talladega this year. And, obviously, today at Watkins Glen. Um, but he had a lot of momentum going into the chase last year as well. He could potentially continue that run. He could be part of the Final Four. The worst part about this playoff system is that you never know who's going to get into that Final Four purely. And it's gotten a lot better now um, with points carrying over rather than just resetting but it's all about momentum man and um that's really what you have to have to carry yourself through these playoffs is the momentum and really just you have to be consistent obviously that that's a given but um sometimes luck has to be on your side too uh to make it to this final four but i think at the moment my championship favorites are Kyle, Martin, um, Joey, and um, 
I kind of want to lump Kurt into that. Purely based off momentum. No favorites being played. I really like Joey going into the Final Four as well. But as of August 4th, uh, the end of Watkins Glen, my championship four are Kyle, Martin, Denny, and Kurt. Uh, that'll probably change as we have a lot more racing to do. Four races left, and that might not sound like a lot, but that you know, a lot could anti bump the mic again. A lot could change in that frame of time. So, um, why don't we transition over from um, one one of the topics that has been bothering me for the longest time, and one of the points that's really made me want to start this podcast is the state of NASCAR right now. And it saddens me that we have to talk about this. And, you know, some might be like, well, you don't have to talk about it. No, we do, because we're at a serious point of decline right now. Um, And it's really just been going downhill ever since the mid to late 2000s. Um, And I think it's been a slow decline from probably, probably... I want to say 2009, probably 2008, you can put it in there, to 2014, either 20, I'm going to say 2014, you could put 2015 in there as well, but ever since that now, it's just been a nosedive, I would feel, or I would say, and um, they've been trying to play with this so much. And I feel like that's just what's hurt it more, the the packages they've been trying to do. And one of the points that's been, I've been the most upset about is this new package. And I guess I'll start with this first because there was a whole bunch of people. And we saw this package at the All-Star Race in 2017. And a lot of people agreed. I saw on Twitter, a lot of people agreed that, sure, that race was fun. You know, that package was fun to see for that one race. Do I want to see it every week? No, I don't, because that, that that's not really racing. If you take that much, if you put a restrictor plate on it at a mile and a half, and it's basically just pack racing, I mean, how is that racing? They're not really showing their skills that they have. You're basically just foot to the floor, and you're just following the guy in front of you. And I made this point at Kentucky, even though my guys finished 1-2 at Kentucky. And, you know, that was a fantastic finish. The part that really angered me the most was the fact that even though that finish was great, and, you know, a lot of people couldn't complain, I I couldn't get over the fact that that package, and we saw it with, um, and this is the part that really made me angry was, I believe it was a battle for the lead between Clint Boyer and I don't remember, I think it was Kevin Harvick, I think. It could have been someone else, but Clint Boyer was in the lead. He had older tires. He was definitely slower, but you just couldn't go anywhere because it was all about momentum. Couldn't, going into the corner, you couldn't really go any faster because Clint was there, and with the PJ1 there, I mean, you could kind of move around, but there just wasn't much you could do. And that's the part that angers me the most is that it takes the handling or takes the ability out of these drivers' hands and really you can't do anything else with it. And and that, that and I speak really only for the mile and a halves. 
in the fact that that happens. Short if you're going to stay with this package, I agree with everybody else. You need to have more short tracks because that's where this package is going to blossom. Um, you know, more downforce. We saw it a bit of Bristol. I don't really remember Martinsville to be quite honest with you, and I don't remember. I don't know why I don't remember Martinsville. Um, saw it a bit at Richmond. But if you're going to keep this package, which I really don't want them to do, they're going the opposite direction. IndyCar is doing it right, where they're giving them more horsepower. I don't know who had the idea, and I've said this multiple times, by the way, that I don't know whose idea it was to take, or who said, you know, racing, you know what fans really want to see? They want to see these slower cars and basically pack racing everywhere. Because as much fun as pack racing can be, I don't want to see that everywhere. I want to, and I, I get why they did it though. Because people were complaining that people were so spread out that nobody liked to see it. But I honestly believe that that low downforce package that they had last year, you know, as spread out as they were, I personally think that was some of the best racing we've seen since 2013, 2014. 2014 they had it right I think where they had what I think close to 900 horsepower if not more and they had you know semi big spoilers so they had some downforce um, and those cars would just scream into the corners and it, honestly for some races it produced some of the best racing we've ever seen 2014 Chicagoland is a great example of that. Sure, it might have just been at the end, the past or the last twenty or so laps, but you know, if that's what it takes, then I'm fine with that. I personally don't need, and I don't know if everyone speaks the same as this, or if any everybody wants the whole race to be edge of your seat excitement, which I'm sure would be great to see, but that's not realistic because for one, the drivers aren't going to run a hundred percent each lap because in a 300 lap race what's the point in racing like it's the last lap on lap 10 you know there, there's just no point there's no reason there's no rhyme to it they're not going to do it and that's the reason you don't see edge of your seat racing each lap and to be fair stages as much as I hated to see them it's sort of given them a reason race edge of your seat racing not every lap but you know closer to every lap um obviously we award points th two times you know i guess you could say three every race um but and that's one that's been one of the talking points as well obviously i'm really late, late to this show um but the playoffs or the uh stages a lot of people didn't like it, but if you want edge of your seat racing, that's what had to happen because they're not going to race flat out each lap. That they just it simply wasn't going to happen. There's no there was no reason to. And now that we're racing for points, even though it's, I guess you can say a little bit of points each time. You're only awarding ten points to the top finisher and then a uh, a stage win, which gives you a playoff point. Um, which helps, I guess. Um, 
obviously it races it means you race towards something more um but you know it I, I, this 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 package is not right it's pushed me away from nascar which is one of the reasons i wanted to start this podcast was to kind of reel myself back in get me more interested give me a reason to keep watching and um because i i just i wasn't having fun anymore sure some of the finishes this year were great but the the thing that i i didn't like the most was you know it takes the skill out of the driver's hands and people can argue that as much as you want but when you realize, and, you know, I'm going to use iRacing at this point because I've been told by many that it's pretty close to the real thing and pe- probably people are going to be like, oh, no. That that type of racing, personally to me, it's fun. But there is no skill. There is no skill. Until maybe 20 laps into a run at some places. Sometimes, um, for some places, um, a little less than that. But until the tires start wearing, there's just really no skill to it. And I've heard Kyle say this. I've heard Clint say this. It's just not racing. It's just not. And again, I understand why they did it. But there was, I feel so many fans who were so against it. And I just don't understand how they still went through with it. I I, I just really don't. There were so many people on Twitter, myself included, who said, sure, that all-star package is fun, but it's not something I want to see every week. It's just not. Because, you know, flat-out racing everywhere, it's just not fun. And they did it anyways. I, you know, at the beginning of the season, I said, if they do it, then I'm done racing. But they didn't put a restrictor plate on it. They put a tapered spacer on it, which... I'm not a mechanic. I don't really know the difference, but to me, it's about the same. And I'm sure people can correct me on how I'm wrong and the differences. They can make a whole list, but high downforce, low horsepower is just not my cup of tea. And I just don't understand. I keep saying that I do understand. I just don't like that they went that way because they wanted closer racing and obviously slowing the cars down and giving them low horsepower and putting more downforce on it is going to do that. It's going to get them closer, but I don't think it was to the extent that they wanted it. And unfortunately I think this package is going to be here for a while until we get the gen seven, which I've been told is about 2021. Um, but if we want to keep this package, I said this earlier, we need more short tracks. That's the only way it's going to make this package bearable. Mile and a half, I it's just no fun. It's really not. Um, from the little I've done with it on iRacing, from the what I've seen, it's 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 really just not enjoyable. And like I said, I I so I actually wish now, and I can't believe I'm saying this. I kind of wish that they didn't take New Hampshire out for Watkins or for uh, Las Vegas, because um, you know, from what we saw this year at New Hampshire, and again, it was only those. And I'm not actually, you know what? I'm not going to say that. It was a pretty good chunk of the race where a lot of the racing was exciting at New Hampshire, and that's something I would have never thought I would have said. 
Um, New Hampshire is a track that I hate. And this year, I enjoyed it. So, um, but, again, if we're going to do this package, we need more short tracks. You can argue that we need more road courses, but I don't. I Sonoma this year was okay, I guess. Watkins Glen was enjoyable to a fault until you realize that it was one guy dominating and I say that, but to be fair, Martin Truex was there about 70% of the time, right on Chase's bumper. Um, first stage, no. Chase was in a league of his own. Second stage, Martin got closer. Third stage, Martin was there. So, we'll leave that as that in terms of road course race. And I, you know, you could name off a whole bunch of road courses that we need to go to. Road America. Uh, Canadian Tire. Uh, Circuit of the Americas, which, by the way, no, no, don't ever go to Circuit of the Americas. I've done that in Xfinity car, that the, the Roger, um, Cup cars, stock cars in general, don't need to go to that course because that is way too challenging in a stock car. Um, <laughs> that that's my two cents about that. But um, you know, Road Atlanta, um, Virginia, I I know they do some testing there. Um, you can throw out so many road courses that it's not even funny, but you can also throw out so many short tracks we need to go to. Iowa is probably pretty close, by the way, to short tracks that Cup is going to go to. That can produce a lot of good racing, um, I feel, um, even though that's probably a one-groove racetrack. Um, I still feel like it could probably produce some good racing for Cup. Um, there's been some talks about Nashville making a comeback um it sounds like they just got a budget to do that so whether that went through or not i don't know um but that would be cool at a short track that i've personally never seen into that schedule people keep saying north wilkesboro which by the way that track is in such state of disrepair um that's probably not going to happen but i could be wrong you know um we kind of saw it with the rock where they fixed it up they got it back and that that's the one problem though that NASCAR fears, I think, is that for trucks, they, they brought the rock back, but nobody really went to that race for trucks. And that was one of the reasons why it didn't stick was because nobody really went and, um, it, it, you know, only lasted for what, two years. And now it's just sitting there again, which is really sad to see, um, with it being overgrown now. Um, you know, I don't think too many people have said Nazareth, um, but that's probably not going to happen either. Um, I'm just trying to think Nashville, although Nashville, I don't know. Nashville wasn't, and I say Nashville super speedway, I guess that's not a short track, obviously with the name. Um, I'm just trying to throw out names. Um, ORP, IRP, I guess now, um, Lucas Oil Raceway. Uh, used to be O'Reilly Raceway Park. I don't really know that from NASCAR 09 days. Could go there. That could be somewhat of a good show. And obviously the problem that you're going to have with these short tracks is um, the amount of stands. You know, the, the size of these facilities. Can it hold a cup race? That That's the single biggest problem for some of these short tracks is can it hold the size of a cup race? And with, you know the size of some tracks shrinking we might be coming to a closer spot of saying 
uh, yes, we can do that because a lot of these tracks are just knocking grandstands down because attendance is so down. Um, we've seen Charlotte do it. I'm pretty sure we've seen Kentucky do it. We, uh, there's actually just too many to name, but um, we might be getting closer to a point where we can say, yeah, we could probably hold the cup race there with you know the amount of room we need. So um, there's so many places we can go. Obviously, the fans throw out their two cents. I just personally think that we need more short tracks. If we're gonna make this package work, if we're gonna, if we want to keep it, this package, we're gonna need more short tracks. We can't have these mile and a halfs because they basically just turn into a mini super speedway. And as much fun as it is, I, to me, it takes the enjoyment out of it when I know these drivers are going 100% and can't do anything because the cars just simply won't let them. Um, and what's one of the many reasons I think we've been losing some fans is because NASCAR has just been playing around too much. We haven't stuck with one thing because you can either say that we haven't found that one thing yet or they just don't like that one thing. I personally think that, again, the low downforce, high horsepower was great was great because those cars as fast as they were it took so much driver skill to be able to hang on to those race cars and you know because there was no downforce helping them it was all driver control so um i think that that was a great time obviously we took some horsepower away i think well no we took horsepower away this year obviously but um, 2018, I think we were about 725. I think we go back to 2014 with the 900. Take that spoiler and <laughs> chop it off. Don't make it a wall like it was. I don't. Indy Annapolis was quite um, hilarious, by the way, with the giant walls they had back there. Um, but I think we've heard it from some of the drivers. Low down force is the way to go. I think high horsepower is the way to go. Um, put the control back into the driver's hands, and I think that we'll be golden. So, um, th those are my two cents. Obviously, everybody has different opinions, um, but I think with that, we've hit all the points for this week. Um, next week, we head to Michigan, which, you know, there's been a few tracks that I feel like are too close together on the um, schedule. Michigan and Pocono being the two biggest ones. Um, I feel like we just went there to both Pocono and Michigan. They were back-to-back -back a few weeks ago, I guess. And actually, let me let me, let me me take a look because it wasn't too long ago. Um, let me see here. Pocono. There was only a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 week gap. And that doesn't, that sounds like a bit, but when you realize that, you know, Daytona is what? One, two, three, four, five, it's going to take a while. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen races separating. That's, that's double. And I probably miscounted there, but you need to separate some of these tracks out, whether that's moving them into the playoffs, which I, I wouldn't mind, I guess, 
Michigan and Pocono in the playoffs. It's not one of my favorite. Those aren't two of my favorite tracks, especially now with the low down or the high down force. Um, low speeds we have, but um, I think you need to separate some of those two out. But we head to Michigan. Um, I think I think all three series are heading there. I could be wrong. Let me see. Um, no. Uh, of course, it's the road course time for Xfinity. There, they were just they were just at Watkins Glen. Now they're going to Mid Ohio. Then they go to Bristol. Then they go to Road America, which, you know, personally with Xfinity, by the way, I miss when we went to Canada, to um, Circuit Gilville New. Um, and I probably butchered that, but that's fine. Um, that track was so much fun to watch a race at. Um, it's a shame they don't go there anymore. And um, for the trucks, they head to Michigan. So they're going to Michigan as well. Then they head to Bristol. And then when Xfinity is at Road America, they're heading to Mosport. So, um, of course, they have their multiple road course races in there. So, obviously, Xfinity gets the most of it. And there's going to be a lot of road course ringers, I'm sure, at uh, Mid-Ohio. So, looking forward to that. Um, somewhat looking forward to Michigan, I guess. Um, as much as you can, with it going to be just a drafty mess. Um, and I'm going to try and not be so negative on this podcast. I'll say that. But I'll try and have some good news to say after the Michigan race. Um, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. Last time it was dominated, and I didn't see a whole lot of it, by the way. But that last one was hilarious when it started at five a or five p.m. I'm pretty sure East Coast time for because um, of uh, the Women's World Cup, which is fine. Uh, that's fine. It was it was just hilarious to me to come home from work and there still be a race on at um, four or whatever it was. So for my time, by the way, I'm on the West Coast, so um, I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, appreciate everybody for listening. There's going to be a lot more of this. I have quite a bit more takes, so hoping you can, uh, stick with me for these next, um, or for a while. Check Twitter. Um, we'll kind of, I think we'll do this. We'll check Twitter before we end it and I'll try and record these podcasts after a race. Um, Jimmy's not too happy. Yeah. By the way, Jimmy with the new crew chief, um, I think, you know what? I'm going to save that for a while, but Jimmy's got a lot of work to do. Um, obviously, Kevin wasn't working out, so I'll kind of talk about my thoughts with Jimmy next time because um, that's a whole other conversation that I have to get into. So, um, Jimmy and Brian Blaney weren't too happy. Um, apparently, uh, Jimmy said that Blaney was, uh, quote, shivering and, quote, scared shitless. So, um, that's funny. I guess, and uh, not seeing, yeah, Jimmy's not too happy, so, um, other than that, don't see too much else, um, don't have any, um, okay, just trying to see if there's anything else on the Kyle, um, Bubba slash William thing, so, uh, doesn't look like it, so, um, I guess I should try and record these podcasts like after post-race inspection, but nonetheless, Chase is probably going to win unless something drastic happens in which, um, 
I guess we'll have a lot to talk about um, next time. So that's going to be it for this first episode of the 500 Mile Podcast. My name is Justin. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next week at the conclusion of the weekend for the trucks at Michigan, Xfinity at Mid-Ohio, and Cup as well as Michigan. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening.